Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I haven't talked to Jeremy Rutherford since we were out in Nashville during the draft. And since then, he's returned. He had 4th of July. He had prospect camp. This man has been running around like a madman since. And now he finally gets his downtime. JR, of course, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, our Blues insider, joining us on BK and Ferrario. How are you, JR? Yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah, I got that text uh, in Nashville from you and Tanner that said, come on out. We're at such and such bar and uh, you're, you guys are too young for me i can't hang like that anymore and so uh, i text you i don't think i'm gonna make it tonight you're giving me the gears jr you were my role model though i wanted to do exactly <laughs> yeah. what you did but tanner just kept complaining the whole time Man, we gotta go out it's nashville yeah jr we were in a rush to get to nashville just so he could go to bed yeah yeah JR, well, I, I went to bed at 11 o'clock it was glorious <laughs> 20 years of covering the blues and making those trips to Nashville. I think I've had my run. So <laughs> you have PTSD when you see Broadway in Nashville, probably for the amount of time you've been down there with the blues. Well, Jr. since Nashville, we've seen prospect camp and now we've seen really the end of free agency, although they're still available, just not as many top names available. Let's start with prospect camp. Who stuck out to you watching those four days out at Centene? Yeah, there were a couple of them, and I think you, you focus on the guys who were just drafted a couple of days uh, before, and what a whirlwind that must be for those guys to get drafted, like a Dalibor Dvorsky, number 10 overall, and then just you know, 24, 48 hours be on, be on the ice in uh, St. Louis. I thought he looked phenomenal. Look, I don't want to you know, make some crazy statement. I don't want to set the bar too high. Like I think it has a, yeah, exactly. I, I think it has a little bit to do with I haven't watched a top 10 forward prospect at one of the Blues development camps. I mean, you can go back to 2010. You got Tarasenko and and uh, Jane Schwartz. I don't know that they had the prospect camp then, and then you had the lockout when those guys actually showed up. So I think you had a situation where we didn't get to see those guys like we did uh, Dvorsky, and he looked phenomenal. I mean, forget about the goals. Forget about the spinorama, backhander, top shelf goal. I mean, look at the back check. Look at the way he possessed the puck. Look at the way he protected it. So many little things. He, he was terrific. And then I think you look at the third-round pick, Pekarsik, uh, Yuri Pekarsik. I think he looked phenomenal. So a steal as a third-round pick. So, you know, I've covered so many drafts, and I've watched these guys come in, and maybe 20% of them play in the league and, and, and make an impact. Uh, so you don't want to get too high this early. But I think just those two names right there, those guys look great. JR, speaking of prospects, the Blues have a bunch of forward prospects, Bolduc, Snuggerud, and he just mentioned Dvorsky. How how big would it be for the Blues if they can hit on one or two of these guys and have a cost control player that could be a contributor to the NHL? Maybe not this year, but like say next year or down the road, and have these guys be match contributors on cost control deals. 
Yeah, it's going to be helpful in two ways. First of all, with the salary cap, uh, you know, things always are going to be tight, but the cap is going to go up. It could jump up as much as four or five million next year. So you're going to have a little more flexibility. And if you add to that, that you've got some of these cost control guys coming in, look, if they don't come in until next year or the year after, and they got three years on their entry level deal, the blues are going to be in a good position with those guys. Tanner, the other aspect to look at with that is that if a lot of those guys hit, and right now I don't feel a reason to say that a Snuggerud's not going to hit, a Bolduke might not hit, a Dvorsky might not hit. I think they get a good chance of these guys being good players in the league. At that point, you're going to get to three, four, five guys who can play in the league, and you're not going to have room for all of them. So you're going to be able to move them whether you need help on defense or, or goaltending. So I think what the Blues have stockpiled here, uh, what they've done with the work trading the, the players like O'Reilly and Tarasenko for first-round picks and bringing these guys in, is just going to help them immensely in those two areas. Well, Jr., you mentioned defense, and that gets me to the Blues' defense at the NHL level. Blues unable to upgrade it in the offseason, and there still is the offseason to go. Maybe Army's got something up his sleeve. But if they decide to run it back with this defense, how confident are you in them having a bounce back with their blue line? I don't think you can respond to that question and say, I'm confident. I don't think that you can. Personally, I think that you look at four of them, Falk played better towards the second half of the season. You know, I always expect him to be pretty consistent. You know, could Pareko, Nick Letty, Tori Krug play better? I think they all can. Will they all play well enough to make that top four? The group that we saw a couple years ago when they played the likes of Minnesota and, and Colorado in the playoffs, you know, you can't sit here and say that in July. You just can't do it. So we're going to have to wait until training camp and into the season. You know, could Doug Armstrong still make some sort of move prior to the season starting? Yeah, that's always possible, too. So, so to me, you go into next season with, uh, you know, a little bit of hope, hoping that those guys can be better. And you, if you get some consistency out of the forwards and Jordan Biddington plays better, you know, maybe it works. But we talked to Doug Armstrong about this over the offseason, and he said, look, if it doesn't work, you know, we're not continuing down that road. I don't think this is going to be a situation where you're going to see these same three or four guys for two or three more years, even though their contracts say so. This is it. The pressure is going to be on them to perform better. And if they don't, we've seen in the past, Doug Armstrong has no problem making big moves. On that point, and we're talking with Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider for The Athletic, I, I mentioned this last week, JR, that there is a scenario that if Krug or Letty struggle at any point this season, those guys could be healthy scratches because if you're carrying eight one-way contracts and then throw in the Cali Rosens and three of those guys are left-handed defensemen, there's a scenario that a Krug and or Letty could be sitting in the press box at some point this season. Yeah, certainly so, especially when you got the eight one-way contracts and the Cali Rosen with a two-way, he can be sent down. I mean, you don't wish this on any player. You want these guys to be able to bounce back and play that the way that uh, you know they're capable of playing. But you can see one of these guys – playing in the third pair, being a seventh defenseman, you know, being a healthy stretch, or a Scott Prinovich takes over the power play if Tory Krug isn't up to snuff. Doug Armstrong and Craig Bruby are going to make those types of decisions. You know, the one thing is, with the term left on these contracts, it's a little bit difficult because what do you do with the asset, you know, quote-unquote asset like a Tory Krug or a Nick Letty or a Colton Prakel, you know, if they're sitting there at a healthy scratch with four, five, six years left in the deal, you know, you're not going to be able to deal those guys unless you're just giving them away. So it's a balance for the organization to be able to put these guys in the situation to succeed, hope that they do, and if they don't, cross that bridge, make those tough decisions. But at the same time, they got a you know situation on their hands where you know if they do have to move them, you don't want to be in a spot where you're moving first-round picks to juice it up and, 
get teams to take these guys. Jer, you also mentioned that, you know, if there are any moves, we'll be closer to training camp. The one thing you know about Doug Armstrong is he always seems to bring in guys on tryout basis. Could Oscar Sundquist fall into that conversation or maybe somebody else? Because I know you talked about it in the athletic piece of their fourth line just does not have the depth that it typically does. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that uh, Oscar Sundquist is a name that's been brought up a, a few times. I honestly thought there could be a chance. You know, Doug Armstrong, especially during this retool, he doesn't want a situation where, you know, he's going to block guys. So you got like an Alexandrov coming up. You got some other players coming up who they need to get that ice time. So you're blocking him if you bring Sonny in, you know, possibly. But that doesn't mean you can't bring him in for a, a tryout, a PTO, like you said. I haven't heard any names yet, um, you know, maybe a little bit early for, for that in terms of guys committing to come to uh, the city to, to try out for the team. We'll find out in the next few weeks to a month. But, you know, if you look at Sonny and his history with Doug Armstrong, you know, I do think that uh, there's a possibility there. I don't know. I don't don't think that they have a lot of interest in bringing him in and, and making him a focal point of that fourth line or anything like that. But, you know, tryout's a tryout. We've seen other guys come in and, and prove themselves in the past. So we'll keep an eye on that one. JR, you stay tuned because I got a Ferrari 05 coming up in the next hour. And I hit on Martin Furk last, last year. So I got another <laughs> one for you coming up in the one o'clock hour, my man. Yeah, you got a better feel for the PTOs than I do on, on what's going to happen. Here. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a T-shirt for whoever I uh, pick as the Ferrari 05 member. JR, always appreciate <laughs> your time, man. Uh, enjoy the uh, short time off that you'll have with the family. Of course, people keep it locked to your Twitter account at JP Rutherford and uh, subscribe to The Athletic to get all your Blues news. But uh, we'll talk to you as we get closer to training camp, my man. Yeah, for sure. And happy uh, birthday to Al McKinnis. Turns 60 today. I text him happy birthday. He said, don't feel a day over. Is 60 years old. So yeah, we keep him on the, uh, deal, the on the blue line. Yeah, I was going to say, he, 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 could, he could play for uh, the Blues right now, right? He, he definitely could. Yeah, he's <laughs> a great man. Hope he has a great birthday. St. Louis is so blessed to have these superstar players and people. Al McKinnis, one of the best. Happy birthday.